welcome to the Truth for Doubt podcast. I am Michael Badger, and I'm here with Dr. Ethan Hunley. Hello. I'm gonna. Hey. I really like calling you a doctor. That's I've, it's it's really weird. <laughs> I feel like it it makes me. It's like what I texted you earlier. I feel like it makes me sound like I know more than what I actually do know. So. Yeah, but you do know a lot of stuff. Yeah, I guess so. But I think I guess yeah. we need to make clear that you are a, a medical doctor. Yes. Yes. MD. MD. Um, Second year of residency, family medicine. Nice. So um, that was four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, and now into the second year of a three-year residency training. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. And so you're, you, but Almost you'll be free. completely done with all of your medical training in like a year and a half. Yeah, essentially. Nice. Um, uh, all of the required medical training. Right. I could always do more. Sure. Um, there's different options and stuff, but I'm kind of tired. So <laughs> I kind of just want to. I don't blame you. I kind of just want to go out there and get a job. Yeah, you know? for I mean, sure. I mean, we've talked about that. Yeah, totally. Know? I uh, I'm just ready to kind of settle down into a, a routine of yeah. a nine to five. Yeah. You know, see some patients regularly, and you know, get plugged into their lives. Right. Sorry, my keys are going to be loud here. Oh, you're fine. Maybe not. I don't know. I feel weird with stuff in my pockets. Empty them out so I can put my hands in. Yeah, I feel like I can always talk better when I have nothing in my pockets. Yeah. So I totally understand it that you completely. Up, right? What's that? I said it lightens you up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I don't, I don't know if we've actually talked about this. I feel like we have at one point, but one of the things I was wanting to ask you is how is your faith? How is your faith in the medical field? Like, do you have people hmm. who are doctors who are um, more in the atheist spectrum, or um, like, we're like we're smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt? So, for those of yeah. you who don't know, we are in West Tennessee, West Tennessee, which is right in the middle of the Bible Belt. So, I don't know. Is do you do so, you find that as a thing? That's that's an interesting question. Yeah. So, for me, especially where we are, I, like mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of. A lot of other doctors have faith, or mm-hmm. have a faith, or go to church. Sure. Um, but it's a hard question to answer because not a lot of other doctors talk about it. Right, right. It's not something that you really talk about in the workplace a lot. Sure. Um, so, yes and no. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of um, just anyone being directly against anyone else having faith. Mm-hmm school they pretty much teach you like don't judge anyone you know right you know as you know you have to see your patient as as objective right right you can't approach anything subjectively right um uh and so finding objective evidence and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. um i feel like this sort of mindset that we get in like Mm -hmm. objectively that's what you believe or this is what i believe Mm -hmm. and uh which is, it's interesting because that is more of a subjective thing. Sure. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if I answered your question. But no, no, no. You're totally fine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, did, does it make it, because you're you're kind of in that mindset, does it make it, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Does it make it, like, kind of scary to, yes. to like, bring up those kind of conversations? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I find that... Um, yeah, you don't really know where anybody stands, mm-hmm. and so you don't really want to, like, offend anyone sure. or say something, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I guess be offensive. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, you find that uh, nobody really takes a hard stance mm-hmm. on many things because no one... No can, one wants to offend anybody right, else. Right, you're kind of floating in this sure. land of sort of... I keep saying ob- objectivity, but I, the more I the more I think about it, and the mm-hmm. more I describe it, it's I guess it's more subjectivity, like mm-hmm. sort of like what's true for you is true for you, and I respect that kind of a thing. Right, right. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um, what was the question again? Because <laughs> again, I keep having these <laughs> yeah, thoughts. Yeah, no. It's late. I, I, it I, is late. I had that thought on the way here, and yeah. I was like. My mind's going to be so foggy tonight. Yeah. But well, it's okay. And we're also doing this on like a Thursday night too. So the week has already gone by. So my brain is is kind of wrecked from everything anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I, I, I get that. But I yeah, totally no, understand. I find that, uh, you know, I, see, I was going to make a point and I was trying to get back around to, but then I can't, uh, then I lost it. Um, yeah, I'll get back to it. I can't yeah. remember. No worries. Um, but tell me, so, I mean, you talked about me. Yeah. I'm an MD, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any, you know, I don't have the theological training that you do. So, who are you? Oh, tell no, me about no, yourself. No one cares I don't know about if you've me. already done this. I was thinking about I don't this. Know if you've done this before. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, what do you mean? Like, introduce myself? Yeah. It's on the website. TruthOrDoubt.com. But this is the podcast. You can find my bio there. No, come on. <laughs> well, okay, so I was thinking about this on the way over here as well to record this. Okay. I was like, so you're you're a doctor. Okay. You you know famous people. Uh, and one or two. Like, what are you doing hanging out with me? Like, that's, you're crazy. You're, yeah, you, could this, do, you could do better, We have Ethan. this weird connection. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> that's funny. The moment I met you. It was, it was, we were, it was destiny. Sparks, sparks flew, man. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, so again, I, um, yeah, I've had some theological training. I went to a Bible school for about a year and a half, uh, Mm -hmm. in East Tennessee. Uh, stopped doing that to do a more hands-on church planting training, uh, through the mission organization that I'm with right now called Contact Mission. And, uh, so this was a, a three-year-long program that teaches you uh, in Germany um, a lot of uh, theology, uh, a lot of uh, church planting uh, theory, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for half of a year, basically. Okay. Um, and then the second half of the year, you go and you actually work on the field. And so I've worked in churches uh, in Germany and Ireland mostly. Okay. Um, so like that first half when you're sort of Learning everything. Because mm-hmm. med school is kind of the same way. It's yeah. four years. Your first two years are all academic. Mm-hmm. Your head's in the books. You're yeah. learning all the information. Yeah. And then your second two years are, yeah, you're in the hospital, clinical stuff, putting your hands on patients. That right. Stuff. Right. It sounds similar. Yeah. But like yeah. In, that, in that first half, was that like more online training or like sitting in a class or like one-on-one like talking with like Rob or whoever, you know. Um, it was so the theological training. That's, yeah, that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that would actually took place in um, a little German town called Wüstenroth, uh, Germany. Okay, say that again. Wüstenroth. Uh, yeah. Anybody who's German listening to this is like he's butchering it completely. <laughs> it but, sounds uh, really cool to me. So. It's a tiny little village. You can walk around it in probably like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and uh, so we would go there, and for uh, sorry so you say we 
Oh, so uh, it was Kayla and I, but okay. Kayla, um, so we lived with a German family while we were there. Okay. And uh, she did a lot of nannying. Um, yeah. And uh, while I was doing all the classwork and stuff like that, and uh, she would also come and audit some of the classes too. Um, but uh, so, so we would go there. And then for, again, four months to, to half a year, um, we would be there um, doing nothing but day in, day out, theological training and church planting training. Okay. Um, and it was with uh, different professors from, uh, from universities, from Bible colleges and institutes and things like that. Cool. Um, and then we would also have some uh, people who've been church planters for a long time come in and teach some some things as well okay uh so that's kind of what that looked like okay um and so i have a uh what's called a european vocational bachelor's degree in theological intercultural theological studies and missional practices not sure how you fit all that on a resume it sounds more impressive than what it is (laughs) let me tell you but uh no no um but uh, and so yeah, and then uh, shortly after we finished all that training and stuff, uh, I got ordained uh, through the Southern Baptist Convention okay. uh, at our my home church in okay. uh, East Tennessee. East Tennessee, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I have a, a an official Bible in it that that says that I'm a reverend. So oh. so I'll call you Doctor if I'll you call, call you me rev. a rev. A rev. Yeah. yeah, reverend. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, that's that's me. Um, but uh, so I started Truth for Doubt though. Um, the ministry that we're doing this podcast for, right? Because uh, apologetics has been a, a big part of my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for those of you who may not know, apologetics is just the uh, defense of the Christian faith, um, and you're basically trying to answer the um, the the real questions that people have about Christianity in order to build bridges to the gospel. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, ever since I was in high school, God kept putting people in my life that had these questions had these real questions and, mm-hmm. and being completely open and honest. These are questions that I was struggling with myself, you know, right. like, uh, you know, how can God be both good and allow evil to happen? Um, right. and, uh, and those are real questions that people have. And so, um, I wanted to be able to answer that and use those questions as bridges to the gospel. And so that's why I got, uh, really into apologetics and been studying it for a long time. And yeah, started started this started this little guy. Cool. Well, we're really gonna yin and yang here yeah. because I know nothing about apologetics. All right. I'm very excited to kind of dive in. I mean, we've talked sure. about it some. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, I I more than anything want to be comfortable in that situation. Right. You know, when someone asks a question, uh, like the conversation you know we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, that you're having. Um, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, when someone asks a question, why do you believe what you believe? Or mm-hmm. what about this? You right, know, and, right. any number of topics, mm-hmm. you know. Um, being able to approach that in in an academic, educational, logical way, sure. you know, yeah. um, to answer that question mm-hmm. and, and how, yeah, and how we bridge that back to the gospel in our faith. Right, um, right. And yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm not at all comfortable with. So I'm excited to kind of ping and pong back and forth yeah, yeah. about some of these things. Right, right. Yeah. And it is it is a scary thing, man. Like, I mean, I, I've been, you know, doing studies and apologetics and things like that for a while. But I mean, even so, like that doesn't take away the 
the butterflies that I get in my stomach uh, or like the nervousness that I get every time I talk to somebody. Right. Um, and I think and one of the takeaways from that is that I think that a lot of people, they don't go out and evangelize or they don't go out and participate in yeah. apologetics because they feel like, if they have those nervous feelings or if they have those those butterflies that come up in their stomach, um, they they sometimes automatically assume that's not their spiritual gift and so they don't right. they don't pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I don't think that's really the case at all. Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about what it actually means to uh, so in Matthew 16, Jesus is telling his disciples that you know one of the things that we have to do when we follow Christ is we have to pick up our cross. Right. Uh, and the cross is synonymous with uh, with pain and suffering, right. uh, and and what he is saying there. And actually, what I when I first read that, one of my first thoughts was, okay, so when we pick up the nomenclature Christian, mm-hmm. right, um, pain will just come our way. Pain and suffering will come our way. We don't really have to do anything, right? Um, because we just tell the world, hey, we're a Christian, and then therefore we passively sit back as you know people get mad at us or whatever. But that's not really the connotation that Jesus has in this passage. Uh, the connotation of picking up your cross is actually pursuing a life of suffering purposefully. Right. Because that's what it takes to follow Christ. Yeah. Uh, and then you can ask the follow-up question, what does it look like to, um, to follow Christ? And well, that's, that's answered in the Great Commission. Uh, right. That's in the, at the end of every gospel and in the beginning of Acts, or in maybe the middle-ish of Acts, one, I can't really 100% remember. It's in X1. Right. Anyway, right, you know right. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so in order to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to take on the responsibility of the Great Commission. We have to pick up that cross purposefully, knowing that along with it comes pain and suffering. Right. And that includes social anxiety. Yeah. And that includes having those nervous feelings. And those, those feelings, uh, one of my biggest things is just feelings of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't know enough. Right. And I'm never going to know enough. Right. But at that point I'm, I'm taking on too much myself and I'm not allowing the Holy spirit to do what the Holy spirit does in his work of convicting the unbeliever. I'm just the mouthpiece and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. That's heavy. <laughs> that's good. It's so good. Like I, uh, you know, just thinking about it as you describe it that way, yeah, I, you know, there are these churchy sayings, you know, pick up your cross and follow Jesus, and mm-hmm. I, I know there's a million of them, you know, that if right. you've grown up in church, yeah, you know, you've you've heard a million times, um, and uh, it's it's like this Christianese, you know, mm-hmm. language, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I, you don't really, ah, yeah. You don't really tend to think about it. Right, right. Um, it's yeah. just something that you say. Yeah, for um, sure. And so, yeah, I mean, it's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when it, when I think about what does that look like, picking up your cross and following Jesus, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, the cross was, sure, now now it's like this this religious relic and mm-hmm. symbol. Mm-hmm. But like at, at, that, at that time, like, you know, I mean... Christ had like just died, right? I mean, I, I, and and I mean, I'm I'm speculating here, but I can imagine that like culturally, the cross probably wasn't like people probably didn't wear crosses on necklaces and stuff. No, like, it'd be kind of like us wearing. Um, I heard like it. I heard it put one time. Yeah, like a guillotine around our neck, or like the electric chair, like a little tiny electric yeah, chair like, charm. Yeah, like yeah. uh, and and so you know, 
thinking about it in, in like a cultural context at that time, mm-hmm. you know, hearing someone say, pick up your cross and follow Jesus, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, yeah, that's way heavier than I feel like we make it out to be. Right. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, the uh, I think about, like you say, you, you, you have these feelings of inadequacy um, that always come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I just wonder how much of that is related to our sin mm-hmm. and our shame. Yeah. You know, um, because we, I, I know for me, you know, the moment I step out and try to say lead in any way, mm-hmm. worship, my wife, yeah, um, you know, uh, church, I mean, in any way, I immediately have have thoughts of feeling inadequate, of um, of feeling you know like uh, I'm not really live I'm, you know I fall so short of this you mm-hmm. know how, how can I lead others you know right um, right and uh, yeah I'm, I, I can just really relate to that mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting because I find that even in other things like medicine for instance um, sure I'm still in training mm-hmm. um, I've been a real MD for about a year and a half but like every single time. I walk into a patient's room, like I get these butterflies, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "What if I don't have a clue what's wrong with this person?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's these same feelings of inadequacy mm-hmm. of, sure, like I've, I've studied and I've practiced, but what if I don't measure up? Right. You know. Right. Um, what if I sh- fall short of expectations and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff? Um, but uh, what 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 I I feel like I come back to is remembering that like. With each patient that I see, mm-hmm. with each encounter that I have, mm-hmm. and with each person that I examine or talk to or have, have an in-depth discussion about with their history and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, I get better right. for, for the next patient. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean, I think it relates to, yeah, getting out there and doing it uh, as far as evangelism goes, mm-hmm. getting out there and having these conversations that are challenging, Mm -hmm. um, that may, you know, bring questions that we don't know the answers to. Right. Um, or questions that we may have ourselves that Mm -hmm. we don't really know how to answer. Yeah. Um, and it kind of makes us feel like we quote unquote lose that debate of a conversation. Right. Right. Um, but like knowing that like it still has to be done. Yeah. Like that's how we, right. That's how we, progress and grow mm-hmm. is through the suffering of doing it yeah yeah like, yeah and recognizing that rejection will come yeah um right and i think that's often uh that's often one of the things that stops me the most i guess from saying something is because uh, just that fear of rejection you that's know super hard for me it's super it's hard. tough man it's yeah. really tough um because i'm like i'm one of these people who like I get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I, I try and find something to relate to everyone right. in the room. Right. You know, yeah. I'm sort of an yeah. every man's man, but yeah, uh, at some point, I yeah, I don't like being rejected. Yeah. 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 And it's tough. And that's part of, I mean, like we were just talking about, I mean, that's part of us having to recognize that that's what it means to pick up your cross. And, right. uh, and in some ways, so there's two types of persecution. I can't remember who was talking about this. It may have been John MacArthur, actually. Okay. He was talking about there's two types of persecution in, in the world. Okay. Um, there is 
the physical persecution that people uh, over in the east eastern part of the world face right. uh, for their Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, being killed, being tortured, being like, in prison, things like that. Right. Um, and that kind of persecution, it historically it's shown to to do the opposite of what the people who are doing the persecuting want to happen. And it grows the church. Right. Um, and God uses that to grow the church. Um, and then the second type of persecution is um, more more of a mental, I guess, persecution. I can't remember exactly the words that he uses for yeah. it, but it's basically like the mental persecution of right. being called a bigot, um, being ostracized in public, um, being called, uh, just being called mean names, basically. Yeah. And nothing does more to harm the church than that uh, mm. because for some odd reason that is more scary to us in a, in a way um, than than actually being physically harmed um, right. and I think one of, maybe one of the reasons for that is like is that you you know that the person who is doing the physical violence is in the wrong right right you it's know so black and white that's obviously wrong and they shouldn't be doing that right but when you are being constantly called a bigot um or a homophobe or all these different things it's i i think it starts getting into your mind and it's just the spiritual warfare absolutely and satan saying well are you sure that is you're thinking the right thing um and kind of like going back to did he say not to eat out of every tree exactly like that yeah yeah and it makes (laughs) us start it, it starts warping scripture in our minds right uh because uh because we don't want to be ostracized we don't want to become these social pariahs right and um so so yeah and i think that 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 kind of mindset because we live in the west we do everything to avoid that yeah um and i think another thing that kind of adds on top of that is who was i listening to he's not a christian but um jordan peterson yeah jordan yeah every time i say he's, not, say he's, not, he's not a christian like every, but every single time you're like i was listening to this guy the other day yeah i can always guess it's jordan peterson right yeah <laughs> which he's he's a brilliant guy he's not a christian i have uh-huh. fundamental i feel like i need to say this for whoever's listening he's like <laughs> but he's a jungian uh clinical psychologist you need to stay away from that guy <laughs> which he he's really good at social commentary and mm-hmm. he he does have really solid insights mm-hmm. um but i do obviously have fundamental disagreements as with yeah. some uh some of his fundamental axioms that he has in his life but anyway that aside um he points out very well and we can see this obviously that guys our age mm-hmm. um and and younger and even just a little bit older um, they have this problem with just growing up and they try to do everything they can to avoid responsibility. And I believe that has undoubtedly seeped its way into the church. So, and especially when it comes to evangelism, yeah, because we want to do everything that we can to avoid taking up responsibility for the great commission ourselves and going out there and purposefully, telling our neighbor about christ and and i was i spoke at the at church last night for the the ministry for, yeah. leaders thing and uh i i told everybody that for a lot of my life uh if if my faith could be um anthropomorphized the, i think i said that wrong but uh anamorph- if, 
<laughs> that's what I thought about. Animorphs. I, I'm pretty sure that was a, one of my favorite yeah, shows right? when I was in the books too. The books. Yeah, I think I had one where this is completely off topic, but I had one where at the bottom of the page, if you flipped it fast enough, it was an eagle turning into a person, and then yes. the person turning into the eagle. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. That was the coolest thing. Coolest thing. Growing ever. up, best friend Nikita Shaki. If you're uh-huh. listening. She was obsessed with these. Yeah. And it's, it's like the only thing I remember about them. Oh, oh really? Anyways. Oh, man, you missed out, man. Sorry, going back. Anyway, going back. I Anyway, so if my if my faith could turn into, because I don't want to try saying the wrong word again. Turn into an eagle. Could turn into an eagle. Could uh, could turn into a literary character. Okay. It would be Peter Pan. Uh, because Peter Pan um, was symbolic for uh people wanting to avoid growing up and taking on the responsibility of adulthood Mm -hmm. and that was very much my faith for the longest time even now honestly in a lot of ways um and it's something that i'm still praying that god grows me out of yeah well and that's me too i'm right there yeah yeah Yeah. like this this constant desire to not have to take upon that responsibility for myself and and shirk it onto someone else yep so i just did a lot of talking so I, Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. You're. It's great. It's great. I'm. I'm tracking with you. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's good. I. I don't know where to go from there. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. No, you're good, man. Um. What else do we got? Oh, we can talk about animorphs again. I'm all about the animorphs. Yeah, right. Man, they were fantastic. It was. I. I remember she had a book. Mm-hmm. And I remember the book more than the movie. Yeah. But then she would bring her movie or show. I don't know if it was a movie or a show. But yeah, it was a... Uh... I think it was a book and then a show. But it was fantastic. Yeah. But... <laughs> you know, I have to say, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're making a lot of eye contact. Like, more eye contact than we do when we normally have a conversation. Oh, really? You think? Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know why. Like, I feel like I'm looking into your soul right now. <laughs> Maybe because we're like sitting directly across yeah. from each other, when and we're I feel not like usually, and I feel like I can't move my head very much because of the, oh, microphone. Yeah, of the microphone. So I'm just like, yeah, you're locked in, man. I'm locked in. I did you. that on purpose. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like how direct is. eye contact. That was another thing that he's not a Christian, but Jordan Peterson. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson oh was gosh. saying is that people like they don't they want to avoid eye contact because yeah. it's it's uncomfortable and and we've kind of gotten to a point where. We're not used to yeah. that intimate of conversations anymore. Right. One. Well, so, okay. So so let's how fight do we, against it. How do we? How do we be intentional? Mm-hmm. So so how do we put some of this into practice? You know, like how do we actively not? Yeah. Shirk our responsibilities. Yeah. What are some ways that we do that? I, I think for me, man, it, a lot of it comes with. It has to be a purposeful change in your mind. I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously, prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to pray about it. You have to right. pray that God uh, changes your your heart and your mind, and that He puts um, He uh, He puts the love of other people in your heart, because yeah. that's one thing that I often don't have as well. Yeah, um, well, and I think that that time in prayer, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is you know time intentionally Mm -hmm. sort of yielding your your spirit to god yeah you know um and 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 so that the more time that we spend doing that Mm -hmm. um you know the more god is gonna you know 
sort of make us more like himself. Right. You know, right. Um, as we pray through scripture, you know, and mm-hmm. anyways, just yeah. a thought I had. Yeah. Well, I think the concept of time period is, is really important because um, I think that part of dying to ourselves is, is dying to our desire to use time the way that we selfishly want to use it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a big thing for me, man, because doing, doing all the stuff that I'm doing throughout the day. And I'm, I know the same thing for you, man, cause you're on your feet so much working at the hospital. Yeah. Um, that when I have my time, I want to use it for the things that I want to do. Right. Um, and, and not saying that we shouldn't take that time to relax and, and recoup. Right. Uh, but but there's a line somewhere. Yeah, there's definitely a line. And right. I think that I, I've been taking way too much time to to do the things that I want to do instead of doing the things that are of God. Yeah. Um, and I think that I've, I've got to sacrifice my idol of time. And yeah. I have to start seeing time as my ultimate resource that I can be giving to God. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of times when... I think of that that kind of mindset of of resources that to give to God. I, you know, you always think about tithing and, and money and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, like taking taking at least one day a week to be a part of a non Christian organization where you can actually be surrounded by people who are unbelievers, I think is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think one of the things that I want to especially for for me and for and for you that I want to avoid us doing especially even with this podcast is not be people who only talk about evangelism or apologetics and never actually and never actually do it yeah yeah, yeah. so Oz Guinness he's a um Christian apologist and uh he's a brilliant guy and he's got this amazing book uh, he's got several amazing books but um, one in particular that I'm reading through right now that I really like, um, mm-hmm. it's called Fool's Talk. Okay. And uh, it's kind of about rediscovering uh, the art of Christian rhetoric and how Christians can actually talk with unbelievers. But, okay. Um, uh, but in this book, he says that um, it took him a long time to write his very first book on apologetics. And the reason why that was so was because he never wanted to be someone who simply talked about apologetics. He wanted to be someone who did apologetics and then talked about it some. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And and that's how I want to be as right, well. Right, right. So. So <clears throat> a couple of things came to mind. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about... Uh, um, <laughs> I'm so thirsty, sorry. And I drink really loud, too. I've been that's called funny. out for it. I got a, really? a weird... Yeah, I don't know. My... I guess my throat's too big. I don't. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that, I, I, is that a medical condition? I don't, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Nothing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, I swallow loudly. You swallow. I, see, I chew and eat really loudly. Yeah. Yeah, Lacey hates it. I think because you have a medical condition. Should look well, into I it. do. It's called diabetes. So thanks. Uh, oh. Thanks for bringing that up. Sorry, buddy. So, all right. Back to what I was saying. The, uh, so, a couple of things that I thought about um, when you were talking is I, I would like to come back to... Um, how do we make this happen? Because we mentioned prayer, mm-hmm. um, and and then we kind of went down a different road, sure. um, which I liked. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I want to bring it back to that branch point, mm-hmm. um, because I know for me, you know, you you mentioned sort of having an intentional mindset yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but I know for me, I can't do that alone. 
Right. Like if, if I'm if I'm just doing things on my own, mm-hmm. um, I don't have the self discipline to do it. Right. Like I just don't. Yeah. Um, it's something that I need to grow at and that I need to improve at. Um, but having like other friends mm-hmm. and people, you know, um, you know, other men mm-hmm. who are striving to not shirk responsibility and kind of going towards the same goal yeah, to yeah. kind of discuss it with and be like, you know, Hey, like man up, you know, right. uh, you know, I mean, just like what we were talking, you know, you're keeping me, you're, you're talking to me about prayer mm-hmm. and you're talking to me about my relationship with Lacey mm-hmm. and I'm talking to you about your relationship with Kayla mm-hmm. and, and prayer and other things as well. Yeah. And that like, Hey, like not just, Hey, what's up? How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, r- like really like, what are you doing? Like how, how are you doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. um, how have you failed? And how are you succeeding? And how are you changing so that you don't fail again? Right. You know, how are you right. adjusting? Yeah. Um, and for me, like, that's something, you know, besides just prayer, that I know is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as kind of things that can, that that help me to be more more intentional about changing my mindset. Right. Um, I had another thought. Oh well, it's gone. No, no, no. It's problem. gone after. I should have written it down. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was scary. Mike just tried to attack. Me. Uh, yeah. Don't bump the desk. Oh gosh, sorry about that. Uh, no, I think that's a a really solid point. I think it's one that it's almost become like a cliche in church. Almost like get your accountability partner. Right. And 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 there's a. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, but, you're fine. Uh, there's a. I feel like there at the same time there's a danger in that mm-hmm. of you get some guys together mm-hmm. who are not being mature and not stepping yeah. up, not taking right. responsibility. Right. And then they feed off of each other of not doing it. Yeah. And then it has the, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think that, well, I mean, you know, Proverbs 27 talks about iron, ironing, iron, sharpening iron. Yeah. And, and that's, it's all about the, the accountability, you know, because, you know, to, Two or more, you know, godly men coming together and and women coming together, right? Um, will will undoubtedly sharpen each other and keep each other accountable and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that we also have to, like you said, be aware of is that if the only thing that we're ever doing in our faith with with our fellow believers is simply coming together to talk about evangelism and to talk about this stuff right. and to talk about the Bible, which yeah. is all great stuff and should happen and should not stop happening, right? But if that's all you're doing, you're not actually together going out there and trying right. to reach the the lost. It comes back to the just talking about it and never actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think we have to be intentional with each other about not only keeping each other accountable, but actually doing it together. Like not just asking, hey, have you talked to anybody about Jesus today? That yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. actually like, hey, let's go talk to someone about Jesus. Let's become a... Uh, a regular at this bar and and make relationships with people yeah um so that we can we can give them the ultimate expression of our love for them by sharing christ with them yeah and a beer and a beer yeah yeah doing the same thing man yeah. but uh not not really i'm afraid <laughs> that 
I am so afraid of people listening to this and being like, oh, he just equated I Jesus and beer. I can't believe he said go to oh a bar. Oh my gosh, unsubscribe. That was, that was my exact thought. And I, yeah. so I felt like I, it was this joke that bubbled up and just had to come out um, <laughs> when you mentioned going to a bar. Yeah. Because growing up, for me, alcohol was such taboo. Right. Um, but it is interesting that now it's really not. Yeah. Um, or in some areas, it definitely is. But sure, sure. I feel like with the whole boom of... You know the whole craft beer thing. Yeah, it's become much more acceptable. So, are, if you're of legal age, anyways. Right. Um, um, are you are you into like the the craft brewery? Uh, okay, scene? so I like I like partaking. Yeah. You know, I, I like trying new beers. Right. Um, but as far as like when it comes to like the science of like making your own, and mm-hmm. like, there are some of the other residents who are really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried some of them, and it's they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, not so much. I sure. just like to I like to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's it, funny because one of the main things that I did while I was in Ireland was, um, you know, go to go to pubs and oh, things yeah. like that, right. and obviously not to get drunk at all. Right. Um, but you go there and yeah, well, uh, that's, and let uh, me give that caveat. I like to, <laughs> I like to drink beer. I don't I don't drink beer to get drunk. Right. I enjoy the flavor. Right. And I usually limit it at one, maybe two. Right. And right. Anyways, I have to put that out there. Since this is a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never yeah, know. It's true. It's true. Uh, but uh, oh man, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, so in Ireland, you know, the pubs are right. they're like the community hubs, and so if you don't go to the yeah. pub, then it's hard to really get to know a whole lot of people right. um, i mean you can do it obviously but it's 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 just easy if you go yeah. to a pub um but uh while i was there there was um an intern working at the same church that i was at and uh he was awesome he was a he's a really cool guy but man his knowledge of beer was amazing he oh, yeah. taught me so much about different types of beer i think i think he may have been the guy that introduced me to my to my favorite beer uh, which is a uh, left hand milk stout. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, he was he was awesome. But uh, he knew so much about beer that I, I never knew. Yeah, but, I, I I don't know all that much. Yeah, me neither. I did think of the other point that I was going to make. Earlier. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Or not point, but really more question for you. Right. You mentioned reading through the book. Uh, what was the guy's name? Oz Guinness. Oz Guinness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed being at your house, you have a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when I come over, you have like three or four books out. Oh yeah. How fast do you read? I uh, are you, are you one of these slow like work through a book, or yeah. are you one of these like just burn through books like so fast? Well, okay. So I used to I used to just try to read as many books as I possibly could in mm-hmm. one shot, and then as I was reading them, I would you know take notes and and things like this, a mm-hmm. little notebook, um, highlight as I read and stuff as well. But uh, I recently listened to a guy talk, and he was giving his advice on reading. Okay. And what he was saying was that he thinks the way that I I do it is is a bad idea because okay. when you are taking notes as you're reading, you're basically leaving your thoughts on that on the page instead of taking them with you, um, and you are oh how did he put it he he, he basically said that. When you jot down a note quickly as you're reading through a book, you are thinking very shallow and thinking that that note that you wrote down was the depths of that particular sentence that you read. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why you want to take a note. So what he said to do instead is read read a paragraph, read read a whole page, um, and then stop for a minute and think on it. And not only think about what the author said, but think about how intensely that particular passage, that particular paragraph changes how you look at the world. You ask yourself that question. Interesting. And that will help you retain what you just read better because it has more of an, you're allowing it to seep into your life at that point and have a bigger impact. And then once you've done that, then you write down what you say. It's a lot slower process, <laughs> a lot slower process. Yeah. But I've started doing it, and and it's helped a lot, honestly. Like, it, it really has. It's helped me uh, memorize um, some things a little bit better. Yeah. It's helped me, I don't know, it's just, it's helped me to think deeper about things, um, which is, I don't know, one of the things that you and I talked about is that, right. as, I mean, as silly as it may sound, like, one of the things that we wanted to do is to think better think deeper about things not just read a passage in the bible and then boom you're done but actually look at the passage in the bible and like think deeply about it see how it really changes your life before you just move on um and so so that advice from from whoever that was i can't remember who it was right now it's probably jordan peterson i bet uh, it was it more likely was but uh uh, it it really it really sh- has shaped how I move forward with with my reading. Yeah. But I at the same time I would also say that I, there's a show on Netflix now about this woman who cleans house. Do you know what I'm talking about? Who cleans house? Who's, yeah, she like cleans. She's a maid? She no, she is like an organizer. She's. Is I this think, a reality show? Yeah, like it's like it's one real of those life. TLC shows. Yeah, I think so. Um. I don't have Do a clue what you're talking about. Oh, okay. About. Well, anyway, it's gotten it really popular. It's gotten really popular, and she just goes around and like shows you how to effectively clean up things and make your house a neater space, like basically. Like reorganizing and stuff? Yeah. Well, she said that you should only have 30 books in your house, oh, and that's it. Okay. Have you seen that? So, well, I've seen, That's crazy. I've seen her. She's like an Asian lady? Yeah. Okay. So, I've seen her on... Uh, like online, like memes and stuff about her. Yeah. And, and about that specific statement. Right. I, I never knew what she was from or what that was from. Right. Right. So, so it's a Netflix show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she says no more than 30 books at a time. Yeah. And to be fair, I have no idea what her argument for that is. So she may have a good point. But uh, but for me... Well, it sounds like her argument is clutter, right? I mean, that's her whole point, I guess... Right? Pro- well, yeah, probably. I don't I don't want to, like, misrepresent her, her reasoning. But uh, it, it may be that. Yeah. Um, but no, for me, books are, are really important. It's not really like a... Uh, I don't know. You can buy them on Kindle. You can get them however you want. But uh, new books give you... Uh, new insights on on things that you may have thought about before but not in this particular way uh-huh. um and uh and also being able to to reference different uh sources uh for whatever life situation may arise um and honestly the books have been indispensable w- for my i guess evangelistic efforts you know okay. um because you know we were talking about earlier one of our fears is that we won't know what we're going what to say to someone right uh, if they ask a question that we don't know and um and and for one that 
I don't think that should be a fear. I think we should we should feel have the freedom to be able to say we don't know. Right. Because there's this concept called burden of proof. Uh-huh. And it, it's basically all it is. It, it is what it sounds like. Um, it's the burden to prove what you believe, to show that what you believe is right. Right. And there's this thing in our society where uh, we believe that Christians are the only ones that ever have the burden of proof. It's never on any other religion. It's not ever on any other worldview. Right. It's only Christianity that has to give reasons for believing what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not true at all. Um, atheists, for example, they have to give reasons and evidences for believing what they believe just as much as Christians do. Right. Um, I, and I, sorry, I feel oh, no, like, yeah, so I, I feel like, and just thinking about it sort of as you're describing it, I mm-hmm. feel like it falls more on Christians because Christians evangelize. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Christians are the ones starting these conversations. Well, they should be. Right. Right. They should be. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, in an example, you know, mm-hmm. me or you goes up to someone and says, you know, here's what we believe. What mm-hmm. do you believe? Yeah. Um, And we believe that, what we believe is right. Right. Um, and I, 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 could, I guess I, what I'm saying is I can understand where this other person would feel like, well, you're the one who approached me. Sure, like, sure, yeah. Tell me why you're, you know, what are you selling? Right, You know, I right. mean, prove it, you know. Yeah. If you're going to approach me with something, then yeah, what absolutely. makes me want this? Right, know? right. Um, well, so I guess I can kind of understand that. Yeah, right? yeah, and that that's a very fair point. I think, though, in in our day and age, there's... Okay, so there is a shift in uh, in atheism. So before... Oh, man, I, I'm going to butcher the dates, but maybe roughly before, like, 1960 or something like that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to get that date better for you next week. But, uh, 1960. So we'll say 1960 for right now. But uh, so before that time, atheism... There, there was obviously atheism. Right. Um, but there was almost this kind of a... Uh, almost a, a sadness to atheism um, because they knew what they were losing by detaching themselves from God. Um, so think of Nietzsche. Um, okay. So Nietzsche was famous for saying uh, God is dead. Mm-hmm. But if you finish the passage, uh, he doesn't say it in a good way. So his, his atheism was real. He believed that that they have killed God. But Nietzsche also understood that with that uh, came a detachment from things like morality and the undergird, uh, the undergirding for civilization, mm-hmm. uh, because he saw religion as something that bound the culture, bound civilization together. Okay. And once you, quote unquote, killed God, right. you got rid of that foundation, right. and all hell would break loose, basically. Okay. Which happened World War One and World War Two, um, and uh, so anyway, so there was there was kind of a lamenting um, in in a lot of atheism. Uh, but however, there's there was a shift called new atheism, and people who champion new atheism are people like, oh gosh, like uh, Lawrence Krauss, um, who is a oh what is he? He's like a molecular scientist of some sort. Hmm. Um, you have Sam Harris, who is a neuroscientist. Um, uh, Daniel Dennett, uh, Christopher Hitchens, who passed away. But uh, so anyway, you have these guys who um christopher dawkins is another guy who's pretty famous Um, richard dawkins 
Yeah, Richard Dawkins. Did I say Christopher Dawkins? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Richard Dawkins. Lots of Christopher's in there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Christopher Robin. Christopher <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but uh, so anyway, there's this wave of, of new atheism, which yeah. is a little bit more, I guess for the lack of a better term, a little bit more militant against yeah. religion. More, more bold. Yeah. yeah, more bold against it. There's no longer a, a lamenting of the of the loss of God in their lives. It's more of this, um, they see religion as the cause of all of the world's woes, almost. Mm. Um, and so that has caused this backlash in a lot of uh, younger atheists, especially in you know universities and things like that. And you see right. it also in the... Uh, uh, in universities with professors and things like that. And so there is a lot more proselytizing from atheism to Christians as well, always, you know, putting Christianity down and things like that, especially yeah. in universities and stuff. Right. Um, and in that sense, that's that's kind of what I was talking about when it yeah. come, came to So coming to the, back to burden of proof. Right. Coming right. back to the burden of proof, Christians always think, that the burden of proof is on them when it's not always just on them. It's also on other, these other people who are making these claims against Christianity that they have to be willing and able to answer as well. Right, right. Yeah. I okay. don't remember what really started that conversation. We talked about uh, burden of proof. Yeah. And then I, I brought up the, yeah, you, you mentioned Christians feeling like they should always, and then I, and then oh, I mentioned right. oh, yeah, with the evangelism and, and like, yeah. yeah. Right. And right. books and reading and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's again that's kind of one of the reasons going back to the book thing. Uh, that was a really long sidetrack thing. Sorry yeah, no. about that. Uh, but going back to the book thing, um, it's it's allowed me to be able to tell people, hey, I don't know the answer to your particular question right now, but that doesn't mean that there's not one. Let me go back and and look it up for you real fast, and we can have this conversation again later. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier than than I usually think it is at first. Yeah. Because people are people are nicer in real life than right. they are online or, or anywhere else. And they right. will give you that, I think yeah. more, more often than we think in a face to face conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Social media is like not the place to have these conversations. Oh no, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they can, def- they can, they can happen. Um, the guy that I'm going to be interviewing next week, uh, a guy named Brett Siebold, mm-hmm. uh, he's, uh, he's finishing up his PhD in apologetics. Oh, cool! And uh, and yeah, he's a super smart guy, really nice. Um, but he's really good at using social media to have these conversations. Oh, all right. And I am very impressed with how he uses it because I try to stay off of Facebook and stuff as often as I can. Yeah. I've, I've ramped up my my use of it because of Truth for Doubt. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but man, he is so good at it. And how? He just he well he's one he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, and then two, just he, he's very just slow to get worked up. Like he just doesn't get worked up. Yeah. Okay. And I, I could see, yeah. I, I mean, that would be the only way you could do it. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think and that's one of the things that I'm, you know, trying to learn as well. Because as Christians, we know that we live in a fallen world and we know that people will, uh, I mean, Jesus said that, you know, they, they will hate you because they hated me. Yeah, and so often I think we want to walk through this Christian life scot free or scotch free, scot free, scotch free. I never knew which one it was. Scot free. You know, I, I don't know. Anyway. I think scot free is right. Yeah, um, without having to experience any of that kind of kind of backlash. Right. But why in the world would we expect that? And yeah. so we we lose our tempers when people are mean online against Christianity. Yeah. But we should expect that. 
So, yeah, but yeah. so he knows that and he recognizes that. Right. And so he is unbelievably patient with okay. with these people yeah. well, and it's awesome to see. Well, that, I mean, you just see it over and over like, you know, people are so quick to I mean, just really tear into somebody. Yeah. Um even <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if it was today or yesterday um where I've seen it posted on several websites and several um, uh, social media posts, but uh, and I guess it's possible that this could be a joke. I don't know if it's real or not, but it seems real. But it was this lady who um, is who lives in Washington, where this big measles outbreak is mm-hmm. um, amongst all these un, like this unvaccinated population, right? Um, and she posted saying. Um, sort of like help uh Mm -hmm. my child is an unvaccinated child in this area of a measles outbreak what should i do oh my gosh and and it's funny because of course from a medical perspective and from most everyone else's perspective everyone's like well the answer is obvious yeah vaccinate your child right um but it there's this i mean there are pages and pages and pages Mm -hmm. of comments um, just tearing this lady apart. Oh no. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just people just jump on like to these things. Yeah. And uh, make really sharp, you know, and mean comments. And, right. Right. I mean, where, like we said earlier, if if most of the people were face to face with this woman, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be saying half of these things. Right. Most of these things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, well, there's an, an, anonymity in yeah. in social media. Uh, and so you can you can get away with saying whatever you want without any sort of you. I mean, you're detached from the person. I mean, you don't have to feel bad for what you say because you don't you don't understand the emotional impact right. that your words are going to have on this person right. because you um, don't see it. Right. You don't you don't see the the yeah. the uh, nonverbal communication and yeah, mm-hmm. just this person's face and yeah, yeah. It is really it is really different. It's uh uh. I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that. It's <laughs> what I thought about when uh, when oh you mentioned he was really good at yeah, having discussions yeah. on social media. But uh, man, we've been at this for <sighs> fifty five minutes. Really, fifty four minutes. An hour already. Yeah, man. Wow, I don't want it to end. I know it's been it's, it's so been good. really good. Yeah, um, I, I I I hope that it hasn't been too random. I feel like oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we've covered a, a pretty wide variety, right? Um, but we've come back, right? I sure. Mean, yeah. I mean, and this is our first trails. podcast, man. It's like, only gonna get better. It's only <laughs> only up from here. It's like a it's like a it's like a sweet craft beer only gets better with time. Yeah, I, I don't know if craft beer does. But. I have no, probably not. I think beer gets what's the word like skunky. I think that more. I need wine? to call. I need to call uh, my friend Ben. Hello. Whiskey, whiskey gets better with time. Yeah. I know the older ones cost more. I don't know if that's a thing. I have no idea, man. I, I've got such a baby mouth. Like I <laughs> I tried whiskey one time and I I really thought my mouth was on fire. Mm. I I'm a baby. Oh. I can't I can't even handle like hot sauce from Taco Bell. Oh speaking sorry. I lo- so one, I love hot sauce from Taco Bell. Um two, they have mm-hmm. something that's even above hot. I don't know if you've ever seen there's mild, medium, and hot. Yeah. But then there's another one called like fire or like fiesta or something. I don't know. Oh, and man. it's like black. Oh, you ever seen those? No. Yeah. The package is black. Um, 
And uh, so Lacey and I drove through the night to Chicago one time from Louisiana. Uh-huh. Um, like a 12-hour drive or something. Right. Uh, it's crazy. That's a long time. We drove, we drive through the night, and that's what I figured out would keep me awake. It I, would keep you awake? I, so I'd, I'd, we stopped at one of those double KFC oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Taco Bell places. Yeah. And and uh, we got some snacks and stuff, but then I got a bunch of that fire sauce, mm-hmm. and you just squirt some in your mouth when you're starting to get sleepy, uh-huh. and dear Lord, it will light you up, and you are <laughs> immediately wide awake. It works. If you, ever need a, if, if you ever need a way to stay awake, it oh, works. Oh, no way, man. I would be like <laughs> speeding down the road so fast because my mouth is on fire. Like at one point, it felt like I, like I had a fever because like, like I had that like I had like so eaten bad. like two or three straight packets of it. Oh my god! But um, but we made it. Made it to Chicago. Did it did it hurt? Is that what kept you uh, awake? It, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, when you get something really spicy in your mouth and your whole mouth sort of uh, yeah. goes kind of numb yeah. and burns. Yeah, yeah, it's just that constantly. Oh, that and, sounds and I figured horrible. out you can't be sleepy and feel that at the same time. That's a good point. They're mutually exclusive. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a completely random story real fast. We've got we've got four minutes to kill. Yeah. Uh, so, um, oh, was it on this trip? Yeah. So for the first time I went to Germany, um, I was leaving for, at the time, I thought for th- at least three years. Um, and uh, this was before Kayla and I got married. And uh, so me and two of my friends had like just a... Uh, a last hurrah friendship thing and so we drove all the way to niagara falls what? and camped and hung out there for a little bit and stuff it was it was amazing um but uh on the way back down um to like, like to, how far of a drive was that oh gosh i can't remember it was like did you do it in like nine a hours day? uh yeah we okay. i think we went straight and this is from east tennessee yeah okay yeah um, it wasn't as far as we thought, honestly. Um, huh. So it was like nine, nine something hours. Yeah, that isn't as far as I would have. Yeah, thought. it's not too bad. Okay. Um, but one of the ways that I I kept the guys awake uh, on the way back was that it was really stupid. I read uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. <laughs> That's awesome. To them, but then at one point, Did you use your different voices. I don't. I, I'm still bitter about that reading harry potter to my wife and her not liking my voices for haggard and dumbledore i, I, I think we should do something They're on the podcast. really good but we should have like a live reading sometime yeah that'd yeah, be fun it'd be great uh so anyway i i eventually fell asleep obviously on the way yeah. back down from niagara falls and so did my other friend zach and my friend josh who was driving like apparently started like hallucinating he was so tired and so instead of pulling over he well no he eventually pulled over but what caused him to pull over was <laughs> was that he said he saw an apache helicopter fly in on the road and land and at that point he was like okay i need to i need to pull over and take a nap <laughs> so <laughs> whether this is real or fake i should pull over right now exactly because there's a- <laughs> exactly there's an apache helicopter there either on is, the road there either is an actual apache yeah. helicopter or i'm hallucinating exactly <laughs> neither one of those are good that's funny yeah it's funny oh, so man. so this is the end this right, is the end of episode one we made it do uh do we have a clue what we're going to talk about next time man i'm uh, just gonna wing it each time i guess yeah well one of the things that i had on here that we could talk about was just like what apologetics is and and how it's used and stuff so we can touch on that okay um yeah i don't i don't know we can we can uh yeah we can definitely talk about it 
and and figure it out and uh, let you guys know through updates and whatnot. Yeah. On Facebook and I'm now on Instagram. Instagram. Too. I've You're officially. On the gram. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The one thing that I still haven't gotten yet is a Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter. So I don't know if that'll ever happen or not, but I feel I, like Instagram's probably the most popular. Yeah, is Twitter's, it? Yeah, that's. I had no idea. Yeah, that Instagram, Instagram was like as popular as it was. Instagram and Twitter, I think, are Facebook isn't as popular anymore. Oh, okay, yeah. God, that's good to know. Uh, so yeah, so uh, be be, be on the lookout uh, on Facebook and Twitter, or not Twitter. Gosh, on Instagram, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> uh, Facebook, it's just Truth for Doubt. Just look up Truth for Doubt, and then on Instagram, it is Truth underscore the number four underscore Doubt. I didn't know when I was making an Instagram account that you could just like keep all the things squished together. So I, I, I pushed, <laughs> I pushed the space, the space bar <laughs> and then put an underscore. And I was like, oh, I guess this is how you have to do it on Instagram. And then I saw everyone else, all just their names are just squished together. together. <laughs> yeah. That's but, all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're the like spacey to, one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Um, if you would like to see the other things that we're doing on Truth for Doubt, just go to truthfordoubt.com. And if you would like to know how you can support uh, Truth for Doubt, you can support this podcast, you can support um, the other apologetic efforts that we've got going on, then you can go to truthfordoubt.com slash give. So uh, that was it, man. And Do we have a Patreon too? Do, you need, do we need to mention that? Uh, not yet. It's not... Uh, up and running at the moment so be on the lookout for that as well so yeah anyway cool man all right well i don't know how to what to say at the end i think that was it i think that's perfect great goodbye goodbye